Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. The Joyce Kaufman Podcast is being brought to you by Code Red Roofers, South Florida's leading residential and commercial roof experts. Code Red Roofers, roofers that respond. Call 844-4-CODE-RED or visit coderedroofers.com. News Talk 850 WFTL presents Joyce Kaufman, No Restraint. Here's Joyce Kaufman. Are you starting to hear those rumblings about a COVID outbreak? and about masking, and about hospitals being overcrowded, and all this expectation that somehow we're about to re-enter 2019-20. I don't know about the rest of you, but I am committed to telling one another that you must refuse to comply. This is nonsensical, and the fact that so many people have already bought into it really disturbs me went out to dinner over the weekend, and a very close family member, someone I love dearly, told me that they will get another jab if that's what the president tells them to do. Now, this is the same person who said they would vote for Michelle Obama, even knowing that she has about as much qualifications to be president of the United States as I do. Well, actually, I probably have slightly more qualifications than she does Because first and foremost, I love this country, and she doesn't. But putting that aside, the idea that we have a population which proved back then, when COVID first sprung up, that they would go indoors, they would socially distance, and they would put on masks, even after they were told that masks really don't work, then they were told that masks really do work, then they were told that only certain masks worked, Then they were told to put on multiple masks. And all I can tell you is the same morons who did it the first time are already doing it the second time. Somebody that my husband had to do business with just this week refused to shake his hand, said, no, I don't shake hands. Haven't you heard? There's another COVID outbreak. I don't know about the rest of you, but I refuse to comply. I don't care what the numbers are. I don't care who tells you it's a good idea. I am not putting on a mask. I am not going to tolerate them shutting down my church. I am not going to uh, refuse to shop in stores because they think it's better if old people go before 7 o'clock in the morning. Mind you, I did all that stuff the first time. I'm not that stupid. Insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. All these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. All of this leads me to one of the other subjects that I wanted to talk about. 
I had an opportunity to be on with my friend Sid Rosenberg, who's the host of the morning show on WABC in New York, which is a pretty spectacular gig. And he and I were talking about all the things that have stayed the same and all the things that have changed since Donald Trump came down the escalator back in 2015. Well, one thing I know for sure, something that has not changed is Donald Trump. What has changed is the way people react and respond to Donald Trump. And I'm not sure that once again, the mainstream media and a lot of liberals and certainly the entire Democratic Party have forgotten that everything they believed wouldn't happen did happen. And everything they believed would happen didn't happen. And they did their level best to destroy the movement that Donald Trump tapped into. And that movement was the forgotten man. Apparently, we've already forgotten about the forgotten man. But to prove that not everyone has forgotten, Oliver Anthony had a hit song in the last couple of weeks, which was even brought up by Martha McCallum at the Republican debate, if you could call those eight clowns standing on the stage an actual debate. She asked them if they understood why it was that this song of Mr. Oliver Anthony, whose real name is Chris Lunsford, had achieved so much success in such a short period of time. And I've got to admit that I was surprised. I received a copy of this song from someone I would have never expected to receive it from, and then multiple copies of it from everybody that I would expect to receive it from. And what really became clear to me right away was that this relatively unknown 31-year-old singer-songwriter had tapped into the exact same emotion that Donald Trump had tapped into in 2015. So apparently, the forgotten man and woman who have been forgotten again have not forgotten themselves. Back in 2022, this dude recorded a bunch of his songs because he thought he was going to die and he didn't want his music to die with him. He had anxiety and depression and he said he was suffering from something called brain fog and getting chest pains. He said, I wasn't anyone special and there was nothing uh, but an accumulation of a lot of things over many years of working dead-end jobs and feeling increasingly hopeless. Is that not the definition of the forgotten man? He said, I was feeling like my body was starting to fall apart and it got to a point where I was just asking myself, how much longer will I be around? And how much longer will I be able to sing my songs and do this kind of stuff? So I said, well, I might as well just go ahead and start getting everything uploaded. So at least, if God forbid, I die of a heart attack in my 30s, there'll be some legacy left behind. So Chris Lunsford, now known as Oliver Anthony, had just wrapped up a set on Wednesday at the North Street Press Club in his hometown of Farmville, Virginia. He was tired but happy. He was eating a burger and fries, and he was literally a few miles away from the camper that he calls home and shares with his wife and two children, soon to be three children, with tens of millions of people around the country tuning in to the Fox News Network to watch the first Republican debate. 
And the first question of the evening was a clip of Anthony performing Rich Men North of Richmond. So why is this song striking such a nerve in the country right now? That is what Martha McCallum asked of our governor, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis. And the question was something that I believe tells the whole story about the upcoming election. It's been just about three weeks since this 31-year-old singer-songwriter with a bushy red beard and a resonator guitar became a household name. That was when a little-known YouTube channel called Radio WV posted a video of him performing Richmond North of Richmond in his yard, and he rocketed to the top of the Billboard Hot 100, leapfrogging ahead of Taylor Swift and her song Cruel Summer, ahead of Morgan Whaler's song Last Night and Luke Combs' cover of Fast Car. And since that time, the video has been viewed more than 44 million times. Several other Anthony songs, including I Want to Go Home and I Ain't Got a Dollar, have also reeled in tons of listens on U.S. iTunes. But when Anthony's asked how it feels to be catapulted into the first major event in a presidential election cycle, he shrugged and said, well, I'd like to stay out of politics. And the idea that he had been embraced by the political right really confused him. If anything, he said, my music is more about the right than the left. He added, I'm singing more about, well, like a lot of the older, super conservative politicians that brought us into endless wars throughout my entire childhood. So people, he said, who are looking to politics to fix the brokenness of our culture and the brokenness of our country are looking in all the wrong places. You can find the most perfect human being in the world, and you could put them in the White House, he said. The problem isn't the White House, and it isn't even the federal government. The problem is us. It's us who need to fix our country. We don't need the government to save us. We just need to save each other. Now, this is the exact sentiment that Donald Trump was able to tap into in 2015. You see, this young man had been in a dark place for a long time, and recording his songs maybe didn't make the demons go away. Even if he had given his music a permanent home, he understood that the cause of his unhappiness was complicated. He didn't want to tell the details to the writer from the free press, just like he doesn't want to talk about his family although his manager, Brian Prentice, said his wife is expecting their third child. This is a guy who grew up in central Virginia in a two-parent home. His father ran a junkyard, and his mother was a realtor. Said he had a few half-brothers and a half-sister and a lot of extended family, and that his grandmother, who was in a blues band back in the 1950s, introduced him to the guitar. And a few years ago, he started going by the name Oliver Anthony. That was his grandfather's name. But he didn't really make it his professional identity until a few months ago. In 2010, he said in an August 17th Facebook post 
that he dropped out of high school, although he eventually did get his GED, and then he worked a lot of plant jobs in western North Carolina. His last job in North Carolina was at a paper mill, where he said he worked the third shift six days a week for $14.50 an hour. He then said he started drinking in his 20s, and then in his mid-20s, he started with weed. He said it got to a point where it became an escape, kind of like papering over his feelings of going nowhere, of being lost, of being cut off from any real community. And then in 2013, he was working 12-hour shifts at a corrugated paper mill. He was on the third, again, the overnight shift, which is considered the worst since it messes up your sleep schedule and means you rarely see anybody outside of work. It was hot in the mill, and it was so loud that people had to wear earplugs, and it could be dangerous. Anyway, he said he had a bad fall, hit his head on concrete, and it was another six months before he could even work again. And then in 2019, he managed to pull together a little money and buy a little land in Farmville. And in the Facebook post, he said he paid $97,500 for that and still owes around $60,000. He's living in a 27-foot camper for which he paid $750. He had battled, as he put it, with the idea of faith for as long as he could remember. I was obviously introduced to the concept of God and religion as a kid, and I think I was turned off to it growing up. The reason I was always so reluctant to accept God as God is because it meant I had to accept all those people that I didn't quite agree with as being correct. You know, I falsely associated man-made religion and some of the things that go along with it with the concept of Jesus Christ and God in general. He added, it wasn't until the last three or four months that I really finally completely broke down and accepted it and acknowledged it and embraced it. I guess that's the right word. And then Draven Riff happened upon Anthony's work. Draven Riff runs the YouTube channel Radio WV. And up until that point, Radio WV, which stands for Radio West Virginia, had featured never-before-heard artists. It was, as Oliver Anthony put it, very niche. Once in a while, a Radio V video blows up, like Logan Halstead's Dark Black Coal, which has been helped by rich men of Richmond, but most videos rack up no more than 20 or 30,000 views. Riff was taken with Anthony, tracked down his number, called him, and said he'd like to drive up to Farmville from his home in Charleston, West Virginia, to record a few tracks for Radio WV. And when he got there, Anthony told him that he was only halfway through writing Rich Men North of Richmond, but Riff was adamant they included in the recording session. So Anthony finished composing his tune, and they recorded it. And on August 8th, Radio WV uploaded the three-minute video featuring Anthony performing the song. I've been selling my soul, working all day, overtime hours for BS pay, so I can sit out there and waste my life away, drag back home and drown my troubles away. There was nothing slick about it. It was just a song, and for all Anthony knew, it could have flopped. It reeled in a few thousand views and 
been swallowed up by the morass of videos and TikToks that course through everyone's social media feeds, but that's not what happened. Within two days, the video had been viewed five million times, boosted by every major figure on the American cultural right and many of those who are harder to pin down. I love this song, Joe Rogan said in an Instagram post. You can't fake authentic. And Oliver Anthony has it in abundance. Conservatives loved it because it seemed to jibe with their politics. If Bruce Springsteen was once the voice of the old liberal working class, Oliver Anthony was now the mouthpiece of all those angry, disenfranchised deplorables who had ushered in the red tsunami of 2016. Then the Democrat, who Democrats love to hate, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. weighed in. Now that is an extraordinary song, he said, raw yet intelligent, defiant yet compassionate. It's about working class hardship. It's about low wages, BS pay. It's about degraded food supply, elite corruption, obesity, homelessness, and despair. And all this seemed like reason enough for progressives to hate Anthony, although they had to come up with a more substantive excuse. So they zeroed in on his song's apparent criticism of welfare recipients. If you're five foot three and you're 300 pounds, taxes ought not to pay for your bags of fudge rounds. And worse yet, his nod to the QAnon conspiracy theory that political elites are running a secret child trafficking ring. I wish politicians would look out for minors and not just minors with an O on an island somewhere. Except he's not really criticizing welfare recipients as much as government policy that allows them to hurt themselves. We live in a country where, like, food is ridiculously expensive, he said. Commercial agriculture has encapsulated most of North America's land. He said even the food that a middle-class American buys from the grocery store, a lot of it is just, it's terrible for us, you know? And it's not clear whether Anthony's song is endorsing far-right fever dreams about Jeffrey Epstein's island getaway as much as lambasting politicians who obsess over those children, those minors, while showing zero concern for minors with an E, also known as the working class. In a video that he posted last Friday, he said, it's funny seeing my song at the presidential debate because it's like, I wrote that song about those people. He added that it was aggravating to watch conservatives try to make his music their anthem. That song has nothing to do with Joe Biden, he said. It's a lot bigger than Joe Biden. Not 10 years ago, this kind of song would have been embraced as a working man's rant against the establishment. And if anything, it would have dovetailed snugly with the 2004 Democratic presidential campaign of Howard Dean or the 2000 campaign of liberal Senator Bill Bradley. But now, Vox insisted, what really matters is the embedded racism of rich men north of Richmond or Anthony's racist Reaganot image of welfare queens, as the Daily Beast noted. 
Rolling Stone suggested the song is the work of some dark money political agenda now seeking to overtake the charts. And one NPR expert observed that Anthony is a straight, white, cisgendered man in a forest with a guitar singing. Apparently it doesn't matter that Anthony is singing about the plight of a multiracial tapestry of working-class Americans across the nation. Nor does it matter that their anger, the anger that gave rise not only to Trump, but to Bernie Sanders and to RFK Jr., might just be warranted. That jobs are evaporating. That fentanyl is proliferating. That family breakdown is rampant. And the mortality rate is rising. Nor does it matter that many Americans, regardless of their political stripe, decry inflation. Your dollar ain't S-H-I-T. And bemoan Washington, D.C., collaborating with tech companies to steer public behavior. They all just want to have total control, want to know what you think, want to know what you do. All the partisans could think to do was lionize or vilify Anthony to weaponize him one way or the other, which he found mind-bogglingly infuriating. I know two brothers, two people who are biological brothers who won't talk to each other because they have different political opinions about politicians who don't care about either one of them, he told me. He said he thought Americans had forgotten about the enormous achievement of America, that they had succumbed to their differences and distractions. If there's anything anyone could do immediately to start fixing things, it would be to stop looking at their phones so much and start looking at people around them and trying to just have conversations with them, he said. The best way we heal in the immediate is for us to start having actual conversations with each other. I think that's probably a good start. We know very little about each other. Soon, record deals were pouring in, including an $8 million offer from an unnamed label that Anthony said he opted to brush off. He had to be careful. His whole brand, which was rapidly coming into focus, was about being real and down to earth, the opposite of flashy record deals. And this is what his audience loved about him. Much like what the population of America loved about Donald Trump. Austin Rakes, age 33, who was at the show Wednesday in Farmville, said, he's speaking from his soul. He's talking about what the average person is going through. He wants to unite people. Chaz Knapp, a fellow musician who played a set after Anthony left the stage, said, I think it just resonates with the everyday person that's struggling in their life. Other people are trying to control you. Stephanie, who declined to share her last name, said she went to the show with her son. She's in her 50s, and she was glowing, excited, listening to him on stage. My son shared the song with me, she said, and I was like, oh, wow, this is what we're all facing, not just for Americans, but globally. She added, people in this country are waiting for someone to come from the middle with common sense and decency to represent all of us. We shouldn't be fighting with each other. We've got a bigger enemy, like the corporations who work with our government. Now, Oliver Anthony said he's looking to channel all his new influence 
into something more concrete. He mentioned helping people with PTSD or anxiety or depression to connect with nature, which he said had been shown to be a very effective therapy for battling any number of mental disorders. And there was a guy he was thinking of partnering with who runs rehab facilities for those battling opioid addictions. Going into 2024, when we're looking at the touring schedule and all we're thinking is where we can play, where can we play, Anthony said, that we seem to be a reference to his rapidly expanding team, including his manager. We'll find a small town that's struggling. Whatever we do needs to be very purpose-driven. It's not just going to be about playing songs and putting on big shows. I asked him if there was any part of him that wishes he could rewind two and a half weeks and recede into his own private Virginia, out of the spotlight, before the millions of clicks and comments, before the fandom. He said no. He didn't want to undo what couldn't be undone. He called himself a vehicle for communicating a message, one of despair and unity and shared purpose to a much wider audience. I'm not important. I'm just the vessel, he said. People are trying to put me on a pedestal, and that's not in any way what I want. I'm just the messenger. I'm not anybody special. He spends a lot of time these days thinking about being himself, not losing sight of who he is. The only thing he says he's worried about is that guy three weeks ago or that guy two months ago. I just need to make sure I don't leave him behind. I need to be careful not to abandon him if I continue on this journey. He's a lot more important to me than anything else. Hat tip to Rupa Subramanya, who's a writer for the Free Press. I've read a couple of her pieces, including What Canada's Truckers Want, and she is absolutely one of the greatest reporters of our time, and probably nobody but me and my audience even knows her name. But more is going on here, and I think that's what I really wanted to talk about. The more is the fact that people are still feeling lost and forgotten. People that rallied around Donald Trump in 2015 are looking for somewhere to rally. And I'm going to tell you, and I said this back in 2015, that it's an irrepressible movement. It's not going away. And it's only getting more and more empowered by all of the attacks against Donald Trump. Because see, now we're quite certain that he was right all along. They were never just coming for Donald Trump. They were always coming for us. They were coming for the people that Oliver is speaking about, the people who work for substandard wages, the people who work hard on third shifts, the people who are just trying to raise their families, and yet they find themselves unable to afford a home, perhaps living in a camper, perhaps trying to buy a small plot of land somewhere and start a life that they can feel safe in. This is the moment we're living in. This is the day that someone has to be called upon, that has to be willing to stand for the forgotten man and woman again. I can't think of anybody else. I'm trying. As I shared earlier, I was on with my friend Sid Rosenberg on WABC in New York, 
And I think about my own life when I was in New York, when I lived in that concrete jungle, and all I ever craved was to have an opportunity to maybe see the sky and maybe lie down on a beach somewhere or maybe in the grass on a plain somewhere. And I had to push that aside because it just didn't seem like a possibility for a kid from Washington Heights. But those dreams never went away. And the dreams of young people growing up in rural parts of America, they haven't gone away either. But more and more, when I talk to them, instead of wanting to go to the big city, which used to be all their dreams, now they're talking about staying right where they are, in these small towns, in these communities, where they feel supported, and more importantly, where they feel seen and heard. Because you can get really lost in this global world. Yes, we have all kinds of access to information and social media feels as though we still have some connection to one another. But the reality is we have never been so torn apart, so divided, so lonely, and so depressed and looking for softer, easier ways. Fentanyl is pouring across our border, but there have to be people who are so desperate that they'll inject it into their veins before you have the catastrophic results we're seeing now. The idea that not just homeless people are living in 27-foot campers, but young families have chosen that because they have no other hope really should wake you up. And what it woke me up to is the fact that Donald Trump is still in a great position to be president for another term. And if you don't believe me, just stay tuned. More No Restraints podcast coming soon. Turn this one on to all your friends, and I'll see you next time. God bless you, and God bless the United States of America. The Joyce Kaufman Podcast has been brought to you by Code Red Roofers, South Florida's leading residential and commercial roof experts. Code Red Roofers, roofers that respond. Call 844-4-CODE-RED or visit coderedroofers.com.